Jot it down. Let me see if I did jot that down. Let me see. Jotting things down helps the memory, that's for sure, because you have something tangible to look at. We are recording, in case you want to know. So we can start anytime. <laughs> that sounds funny. 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 Yeah. And of course, this is uh, the name of the podcast. That sounds funny. And this is two blind, bro- uh, two blind brothers telling it the way we see it. I almost couldn't say their own tagline here. Uh, this is the week of November 24th, 2020, episode five. And uh, by the time by the time this posts, if, if I don't get it done tomorrow, which will be Wednesday, it should be out there uh, for Thanksgiving so we can enjoy listening to our wonderful voices while we gobble. Gobble, gobble, gobble. gobble. Yeah. Gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hey, I'm your host, uh, Keith Haltsley, and with me here, as you heard, is my brother. Terry. Yeah, Helpsley. there we go. That was your cue. <laughs> um, cue me. We, Wake me up. We like to open up with a story of a segment here called What's New? Roger, Wilco, and stuff like that there. It doesn't have to be new. It can be a classic family story. Something you're reading, watching, doing funny things. And we'd like to get your story. Uh, you, you can send us email. Uh, there'll be e- uh, a note how to do that before the show's over with. But it's basically tsf at thatsoundsfunny.com. Uh, now, I know you said you wasn't sure if you had a story, so do you want me to open up with this or what? Well, I have. I just have a – we've been doing this uh, home remodeling project, been going on for a while. We finally, as of starting at March 10th, we were finally able to move into our new bedroom on the 20th of November. Yay. So we've been able to sleep in our new bedroom for four days it's like gilligan's island where it was supposed to be a three-hour tour and it turned into being (laughs) something longer your house project was supposed to be what a two-month project it turned into 10 (laughs) well i mean and it wasn't because of the coronavirus it was other delays but still it uh which if we get into all of them we'll have to start a whole new series (laughs) <laughs> we have a we have to put up a ceiling fan in our living room, baseboards, and trim, and it's ready to move into. And that is it. And will you have to pipe in some heat to your cold bedroom? I understand. Huh? Yeah, it's getting a little chilly in there. Yeah. It uh, it feels you, good when I go to bed, but it's cold or, getting up in get the your, morning. Get some matching sleeping bags so you don't have to steal covers off one another, huh? Well, I think we have a swell solution to that one. <laughs> yeah. Very own, get it like a military grade mummy sleeping bag. This is mine. Don't take it off of me. <laughs> I don't have a big giant teddy bear like my wife. I got a little tiny teddy bear. I yeah. bought her one of them four foot tall teddy bears once for 
Valentine's well, I, Day. I, I thought you were referring to the fact that you were her teddy bear and she was your teddy bear. Oh, no. <laughs> she snuggled a big giant one. I, I thought you meant that you were her big giant teddy bear. <laughs> no. I, I could be. Th that honeymoon is long gone. Uh. Take your hands off me. Let me go. <laughs> well, yes and no. Hmm. Well, I, I guess compared to your previous marriage is, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. still there. <laughs> it, it's it's the longest I've been married so far to the same woman. Uh, has it been mm. 10 years? Uh, yeah, well, we've been together 10 years. Uh, I, didn't your, your previous one go for about 10? I don't, I, I don't remember. Yeah, it went 10, but that was it. We're almost there. So uh, it'll be a record for me yeah. here in another year. But for my wife, yeah. she was married to her ex-husband for 14 years. So she's still got a few years to go to break her record. <laughs> yeah. Keep on going. Oh, gee, this is too hard, Jack. Should I try something else? Well, my uh, uh, story, uh, and this happened oh, a little over a year ago, like a year ago last summer. We had uh, grandkids come to live with us. A complicated story, but hey, here they are. And of course, as you do, you want to childproof your home. And so, you know, I got comfortable, to, you know, keeping my little pill boxes on the end table next to me or on a kitchen table. And in a place where it's easy for me to just reach over and grab the next dose, and it's easier for me to remember because hey right there they are i can just grab the uh, next dose of medication and away we go but with kids in the house you don't want to just leave medicine out where they can reach it so we got to where you know, we were using the little pill boxes to separate things and get your whole week's supply all set and put them up on top of the fridge that way they're up out of the way and it still isn't so difficult to remember to hey, walk over to the fridge and just take out your little daily pill box or if you want to refill them i have like a little soft-sided uh it's really like a lunch box is what it is but it's just the right size to put in your little weekly pill box and all your filling <laughs> paraphernalia anyway all of that to say one day i'd asked my wife where's the pill or a particular pill bottle that uh, I couldn't find in the bag. Well, she had been in my, my stuff to help me fill them. And she said, it's up there next, next to your pill bag over on right, just right beside it. I didn't put it inside. It's right beside. So I go up to the top of the fridge and I grab a bottle and I, or some kind of a container and I bring it back to the kitchen table and it was rat poison. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you putting rat poison next to my pills? You trying to tell me something? Something should be done to help him. All those forensic shows you watch all the time. <laughs> I don't know, officer. I, I told him to get his pills. He grabbed the rhetoric stuff, I guess. I <laughs> yeah, that can be bad. Bad, bad. Trying to kill me. <laughs> anyway, not, I had another funny story, but uh, being Thanksgiving, it might have been just a little bit too uh, discomforting for the stomach. 
I'll, I'll save it for next week. <laughs> After the turkey goes down. Well, that was fun. What do we do now? So, anyway, <laughs> we'd like to open up with a funny story, a uh, funny life story. So, tell us yours. Uh, you can visit the webpage, uh, thatsoundsfunny.com. Click on the comments for a show. You, you can click on the email link. I actually put an email form over in the sidebar to make it all the more easier. As long as I don't get too many spammers, we'll keep it there. I get a lot of spam. I may have to just leave it on the contact page. Uh, anyway, next up is our segment where we like to talk about what's in the news, news headlines. And I, I, I didn't think I was going to have some news headlines. There's not very many, but I actually did find three of them. Did you have some you want to talk about? I have three of them as well. <laughs> But uh, we can alternate. Uh, um, my first one is just a story of, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> clear my throat here. Um, my first one is in, takes place in Vancouver, Canada. Um, there was a, in Fergus, uh, the town of Fergus, there was a library, and they went to open the book return, and there was a library book that seems to have been checked out maybe about uh, almost a hundred years ago (laughs) (laughs) and was returned to the library. I I wonder if they didn't return it because the person who checked it out was dead and they were busy voting in the election. (laughs) It was a a book, uh, Martin Chuzzlewick, written by Charles Dickens. Not a real popular original. Book, it was the original first, <laughs> first edition. And the and they, I they wonder were, if, if a book like that will be worth some money because even though it's a library book, and, and maybe it wouldn't really be a first edition, but sometimes old books like that, uh, they can end up being worth a few dollars to collectors. Yeah, you know, sorry. About and that. they interrupted. They were looking to see that there's pretty much checking that was checked out in 1941 uh back then the the fees were like two cents a day for a late fee and so they put a cap on the books anymore where it's just five dollar fee because something like this here the person would end up having to pay 580 dollars wow uh, that, that. <laughs> yeah and I'm sure it even knew the book wasn't, didn't cost that much. And <laughs> yeah. like I said, an old book, I mean, that could be its replacement value if they wanted to replace it. But I also know that libraries, after a certain number of years, they they write off old stuff like that. And uh, they like to sell off their old books. Yeah. The, there was an, 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 an anonymous person came forward and said, that they were going through their 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 mother's attic, and they came across a book and returned it to the library. Wow! And so they, grandma checked it out and died with the book. And the library decided to take the book and put it on display because it was in pretty bad shape. But they put it on huh. display in a display uh, area to show people, you know what. You know that they've been around for a hundred years, and 
Yeah. This is what a book looks like that's not taken the, care of. <laughs> yeah, the library's been established for all that time. Well, yeah, I guess if it wasn't taken care of, it was, it was beat up, it wouldn't be worth money to a collector. But, but yeah, again, yeah. I mean, libraries often will write those off. And if it's been checked out that long, <laughs> I mean, you might as well just hang on to it or whatever. But that's pretty neat to put it on display. We've been around a long time, people. I've stood for just about enough. And that goes for everybody in this company. And that's final. Now let's change the subject. Well, um, my that's all I first that one, one that we, we have to have an animal story. And it seems like every week we've had a, a man from Florida involving a gator. <laughs> we have another <laughs> Florida gator story. A retired man, I, I, he was in his 70s, I remember reading in the article, but I don't remember how old, in his 70s. Uh, the, well, headline says, Florida retiree wrestles puppy from jaws of alligator. And, of course, it's as you thought, as the uh, headline says, he was walking his dog. It was, it was one of those little small dogs. I forget what breed, a lap dog of some kind. And all of a sudden, <laughs> alligator lunges out of the water. Goes, I didn't think it could move that fast. And he's, he's, he snapped at the puppy. He went back in the water. And uh, the man uh, just says there must have been adrenaline. There must have been instinct. I went right in the water after it. It's petrified like, like your, your kids and stuff. And uh, he wrestled he around with the alligator. He said that wasn't so, so hard to do. But just getting the alligator's jaws open, uh, the puppy, uh, once he did, jumped out. It only had one puncture wound, I think, on its belly. But the man's hands were chewed up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he says, now he walks his dog on a leash at least 10 feet from the shore. There's a little bit more to that story, too, that I heard on the news. Yeah, the there is had, a little bit more to it, but that's kind of the gist. What what do you what did you hear about it? Well, the guy had a he had a cigar clenched in his teeth, oh. and it's, he kept his cigar in his mouth. It was lit the whole time, even yeah. when he went underwater to get wrestle with the alligator. That's what I heard too. Uh. <laughs> Which I think is kind of weird. But they they showed the clip on the news, and they said it was still lit. Even when he came back out, like, wow, that's a magic cigar. <laughs> I, I guess that could happen. I mean, if he had a bit of ash on it, maybe the ash acted as an insulator or whatever. I guess. Uh, I, I, I can see that if he wasn't underwater for very long. Like he just, yeah, that's weird. You're a complete idiot. And uh, I have, I have an animal story too. I, like I said, I've done, uh, I've done uh, some remodeling to my house. And so I actually have some of these here. I have two five foot window wells in my house to my basement I added on. But this door here was out of Colorado. And in Colorado, um, there was a 200 pound mule deer that fell into a six foot window well in the residence uh -huh. and was trapped in the window well. <laughs> I said, oh, great. Yeah. I'm glad I put some covers on mine. Yeah, really. But, you got 200 pounds, not, that's not a full growing one because they can get up to three or four times that. But that's still pretty big. <laughs> right. I fell in the window and well. <laughs> Colorado 
uh, game and wildlife officials, they came to rescue it. They had to, they found the best way was to tranquilize the deer. And then they, they drug the deer through the window in the basement, through the person's house, and took it outside to release it. That's certainly extraordinary. But upon releasing the deer, there was another male deer who came up, very aggravated and agitated, trying to attack it, that it was down and out. And they, the gaming people had to fend it off. So it was trying to attack the people or trying to attack this deer? Trying to attack the deer. They can be quite wild and dangerous. Oh, hmm. They were away from the deer. Uh, and so the other buck was trying to attack the deer, the other deer. And they had to, the, the gaming wildlife people had to fend off the, uh, you know, attacking deer, you know, oh, wow. probably tranquilize it too. Yeah. <laughs> and the tranquilize both of them. They're both on drugs into the <laughs> holding tank at the wildlife preserve. What are you in here for? Oh, no, let's do it again. <laughs> Thanks for your help, everybody. Well, you know, I, I told you whenever you would show me your, your window wells, you need to like, uh, draw like a mural or have somebody paint a mural on the, on the inside of the window well. So you look out your window and it makes it look like you're, you know, looking at a scenic vista. Only you, you put a real deer in there. And it looks even more real. They could, they could paint some some fishies out there and be like, you're looking at a fish tank. Yeah, like you're, <laughs> you could have one window well painted like an aquarium and one painted like you have a live deer out there. <laughs> Instead of just looking at, you know, underground basement or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, yeah. Yeah, another animal story? Let's not overdo this. Or, see. I do have an animal story. Unless you had more to talk about your deer. <laughs> no, not really. They this didn't one, eat it or anything. So. <laughs> this is an age-old story. I've heard heard this kind of thing happening for for years and years. A squirrely situation causes a South Carolina blackout. Uh, a squirrel ran across some uh, power equipment at the Dominion Energy Company. And just to pause there, I thought, Dominion, aren't they the ones with the, with the fraud scandal with the recent election? <laughs> no, this is a different Dominion company. No, it's the Dominions. Uh, anyway, often squirrels do. They have a notorious <laughs> record. If there's power production equipment, oh, they're always uh, running along the lines, suicidal uh, squirrels, nibbling on the insulation, <laughs> uh, and then they'll they'll get themselves electrocuted, which this squirrel did. Uh, he ran into one of the insulators on the high voltage wires, and when he did, hey, look at he, me! He completed the circuit. <laughs> And instantly electrocuted itself. Uh, the engineer said no equipment this. was harmed in the incident of the blackout. <laughs> Only the squirrel. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look at this. What happens if I touch this? <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. A lot more people might know uh, when there's a blackout. It's because some critter got up there was was running along the line or nibbling on insulator or something. Yeah, dumb old squirrel. Well, I guess he learned his lesson the hard way. 
but we'd better be on the lookout. Anything might happen. <laughs> you got another one? I have another animal story. Okay. This is my last story. <laughs> but I have a, I have a I've list. I've got a last one, too, where it doesn't have to do about animals exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, mine, I had, I could have, mine, okay, I have a, a dog in New Brunswick, Canada, another Canadian story. A Canadian a dog, dog in Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crossed the border illegally, and uh, there's didn't a... Didn't have his green card, huh? Didn't have his visa, huh? <laughs> didn't have his passport either, and so um, there's a... 17-month-old German Shepherd puppy named Diamond. And the couple went to a hockey game, of all things, in Canada. And the father accidentally left the garage door open, and the dog got out. And it ran off, and it crossed over the border into, not Mexico, <laughs> into the United States. Well, and, it was south of the border for Canada, so. <laughs> and so it, uh, it went into Fort Kent, Maine. I think it was probably headed for Fort Knox, but because its name was Diamond Sea. So oh, Diamond, yeah, there we go. So, so, and then Fort Kent, Maine, it was found by a woman who opened her garage and the dog was in her garage. Oh, well, you know, diamonds are the woman's best friend, huh? And, and so she couldn't figure out how the dog got in her garage, but I guess the dog thought the garage, her garage looked like its garage. And hmm. so then the woman, you know, took it to the vet and found out who it belonged to. They contacted the people. They had to, both, both um, couples met at the border crossing where they exchanged the illegal diamonds over back. Over the oh, yeah. <laughs> Smuggling diamonds across the uh, state line there, the country lines. Yeah. Someone's got to do some jail time. Yeah. And that's what I got for that story. Uh, my <laughs> last one really, really didn't have anything to do with animals. Well, now we're getting somewhere. It says a video shows an unauthorized man with a flamethrower atop of a New York City bus. And I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> what kind of man is authorized man to shoot flamethrowers off the top of a city bus? <laughs> In fact, flamethrowers are so dangerous that the military stopped using them because they're too dangerous for the operator. So, yeah, there hasn't been an authorized man to do a flamethrower in the country for quite some time, I'm sure. I don't know how the guy acquired such a device and and why was he on the bus well uh he was a rapper or is a rapper he still he, he didn't get killed <laughs> he, he's a rap artist and he was giving a tribute to another rap artist i thought so a rap artist we'll just call him flamethrower was he like giving an homage to ice tea or ice cube <laughs> but no, uh, the guy's name actually is, um, let's see if we find it, Dupree 
G.O.D. But he goes also by the name Flame G.O.D. I'm like, wow, okay, whatever. And he was honoring the group Wu Tang Clan. I never heard of either one of them. <laughs> so it would have been more cool if it would have been Ice, Ice Cube or something. And But yeah, his name, you know, Flame G.O.D., I guess that would be appropriate. <laughs> Flavod. Gangster rapper, whatever. That happens to be one thing I don't have to worry about. <laughs> anyway, the transit agency said that uh, they did not authorize the absurd stunt. So, yeah, wow. Weird people in New York, of all places. So, I guess it's not surprising. <laughs> Sheesh. Weird people, weird stuff. Weird animals. Um, we have to uh, we've approached where we do our next segment, which normally we'll have a word of the week quiz, which I don't have today, but it's just as well. So we have a long time later. Do you have a I top have a, 10 list for Thanksgiving? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'd say. As last week, we, I had in my head Thanksgiving, 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 and so well, that's I had good they did though because it, that one actually got posted, you know, well before Thanksgiving for people to put those tips into use. Whenever this gets posted, like I said, it'll be like the, the day of or the day before. So. Yeah. Now this is a today's list is I have a list of fifteen. Last week was uh, what ten things. 10 great fun ideas to do on Thanksgiving day. Mm -hmm. This week here, I have a list of 15 things not to do at Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. Here comes the warning. Warning. Okay. Danger. Number one is neglect time planning. Don't tell everybody that you're going to eat turkey at 12 o'clock and they arrive and it's not ready to eat till four. Yeah. They don't like it. They come hungry. They want to eat. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've experienced that personally. You show up at noon, thinking, "Yeah, I, I even skip breakfast. So I'll be getting hungry." It's like, "What? No food till six? <laughs> Give me some cookies or something." Peanuts with chocolate smeared on outside is good. <laughs> Number two, do not bring a surprise guest. You know, the cooks already have an idea of how many people are coming. And when you bring your couple college roommates home, they're just not prepared for yeah. too many people. Hey, Mom, meet my new girlfriend and your six kids. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice to know. Suppose I don't care to walk into a pretty obvious trap. But not only for different seating arrangements, too, huh? Yeah. Good preparation. Don't wait till Thanksgiving Day to buy that last grocery item you overlooked. You may wind <laughs> up buying a $5 stick of butter at the convenience store. <laughs> $5 butter. For the life of me, I can't see what makes people go to them outfits. Can you? That <laughs> <laughs> happens sometimes, unfortunately. Number four, do not overcook the turkey. <laughs> I like my turkey dry. I don't like my turkey burnt. 
<laughs> yeah, well, well, white meat you expect to be dry, but whenever it's all like turkey jerky, then, um, no. <laughs> Number five, do not spend the whole day of Thanksgiving on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Telephone company. No, it isn't shut off yet. Thank you. <laughs> of course, that's a that's modern uh, faux pas. Uh, back in the day, that no. was an issue. Okay. Number six is do not wear sweatpants. Oh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> now, my house is totally acceptable, but they're saying you know, if you're going to somebody's in the, you don't have to wear a tuxedo, but you know, it's nice to wear, yeah, dress nice, nicer. You wear some like office casual type, you know. You want to look nicer for other people. It's not all about you, you know, and you're expanding a waistband, huh? Dang it. <laughs> yeah. You know, the seven. thing with us, though, being, being blind, in my mind, everyone is dressed up on their, you know, uh, yeah, their dinner jackets and stuff. Eh? Got their tiaras yeah. on and everything. It's fit for a queen. <laughs> Number seven is keep your negativity thoughts to yourself. If you don't like a certain food item, don't eat it. There's plenty of other food to fill your plate with. Oh yeah, like when a kid says, "I don't want to ask this guy staying." Well, just don't eat it. Just skip it. You don't have to. There's tons of other food to eat. Talk to the man. Show him you're the boss. Yeah. Number eight, do not change your RSVP. If you said you're going to come, you need to come, especially if you're bringing the turkey or <laughs> the fluffy jello stuff. Well, that would be important. <laughs> fluffy green stuff. Got to have it. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if yeah. you're going to be a key personnel like that and you have to change... It better be important. There better be somebody in the hospital. <laughs> he looks like the kind of a guy who would. Number nine, do not discuss your new diet on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Nobody no one, wants no to hear that. Yeah. There's, there's one day that you can totally break the rule, and You're that's the fourth Thursday yeah. in, in November. <laughs> If, if there's any one day in the year where gorging off food is uh, a good day to break your diet, Thanksgiving is it. So that's Christmas, but it's for sure Thanksgiving. Did you get that, Abner? And number 10, do not eat too much. <laughs> Sample a little bit of everything and take home a bunch of leftovers to eat later. Yeah, that's always a fun thing. You always have a bunch of leftovers. And that's a really good idea about sampling a little bit. And you don't even have to fill your plate full. Just get little helpings here and there and go make a lot of trips. Uh, especially do that if you're at a, uh, uh, like a company party. That way you can like make the rounds, socialize and smooge. And you only have a little bit on your, on your plate or whatever. It, just, it gives you an excuse to break off a conversation <laughs> in case you get stuck talking to somebody you don't want to talk to. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm out of food. Hold that thought. And then you don't, don't come back. <laughs> don't expect miracles. Number 11 is 
do not talk about religion and politics. It's an old cliche. Oh, it starts arguments. If you that's do. that's been our our fun thought of the <laughs> week for three weeks running now. You have to do that. that. That cuts down on what you have to buy somebody for Christmas. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, and, and, uh, honestly, though, if you hey, bring it up, you know, but but yeah, if there gets to be a disagreement, at least learn how to you know politely agree to disagree and let let it lie. Don't run home to mama. (laughs) Number 12, do not bring a unique dish that you've never made before. Don't Uh, let the best time to try it out. Be your Uh, guinea pigs. (laughs) I've never made oyster dressing pizza before. Let's try it out at the Thanksgiving dinner. Lots of guinea pigs. Yeah, that, that is a pretty bad idea. You always want to bring a tried and true something or other. Do something about it at once. Well, I could. Yeah, what number we're at now? Number 13. Uh, I don't know. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, the next number is do not get rip roaring drunk. Some people have wine or alcoholic beverages. There's no need to overindulge and pass out in your mashed potatoes. <laughs> No, we yeah we don't ha- usually have that at ours, but yeah, for places that do, yeah, keep it you know, a polite level of alcohol. Yeah, it's easy for you to say that. Number fourteen, hey, we're back on track. Number fourteen is, do not stray from tradition. Have your ter- traditional turkey and gravy. If you're going to try something different yourself, you should let your guests know well in advance <laughs> if you're going to have like spaghetti and meatballs or fish or. Right, lobster or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that that's a pretty good idea. Unless you warn people up front, you know, hey, we have this new idea. We're going to have whatever, like spaghetti, turkey spaghetti or something. Yeah, traditions are good. Uh, you got one more, right? Number fifteen, the last one. Do not go shopping. The day after Thanksgiving is Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been hearing Black Friday ads for a, a few weeks now. Black Friday sale, it's not, you know, Black Friday is a day. It's one day after Thanksgiving. It's not two weeks before. It's not the Wednesday before. So as much as it's tempting to do, don't shop on Thanksgiving. Simply devastating. They should call it Gray Thursday and Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. you got Cyber Monday. But, but with the coronavirus, now they're talking about Black Friday being Cyber Friday, too. Because uh, they want you to shop online, stay at home, be safe. Wait for this vaccine to come out here soon. <laughs> we can yeah. all be better. Well, they, I had my I had my flu shot yesterday at the doctor. I should probably have mine. I haven't done it yet this year uh, because you know hey, this is the cold and flu season, so I don't see why people are surprised that COVID is amplifying because that's what happens in the cold and flu <laughs> season. Uh, you know, it's it's bad as out there, but I wouldn't. I'm not so surprised at all. 
And should we lock ourselves down? Well, I would say use your best judgment. Uh, certainly, if you feel comfortable with getting out and about and meeting and greeting relatives, hey, go for it. You know yourself better and your family better than anybody. Uh, but if you don't feel comfortable with it, well, don't go. We, we've had people before, uh, not just because of COVID, you know, in past years, they just won't go because they just recently you know, had surgery or they don't want to pass the sickness around or get sick. Let us stay home, and that's fine. You know, it's, yeah. we people understand. But uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't say, you know, lock yourself in because the government says so. No. Keep all your germs in your house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've had family get-togethers through the summer, you know, family we haven't seen before, and there was no masks. There was very little social distancing. Uh no one got sick. Uh, it was outdoors where the germs could escape freely. Yeah. Well, I've I, I seen a post on Twitter, so it has to be true. <laughs> <laughs> the the pe person doing it says, I'm a cop, and if I come knocking on your door on Thanksgiving, it's only because I have a plate and I'm begging for food. <laughs> In other words, cops aren't even really taking all these mandates seriously because what are you going to do? Arrest everybody in town? Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our anchor segment, which is uh, where we like to talk about one of the features of blindness rehab. And this week is the topic of computers and technology. Yeah. Or what's it? They, they call it CATS, uh, Computers and Technology, I don't know, something with S. <laughs> Where do you go? Uh, it, it used to only involve computers. You learn how to use a computer system, whether it be a desktop or a laptop, but it's kind of expanded. They've actually put Maybe smartphones computers in this category. And computers and skills. <laughs> what? I said, maybe some computer and training skills training could be skills. yeah because they have like manual skills and and other uh, low vision yep. skills maybe that's what the s stands for i don't remember yeah. uh, but but it, it it involves more than computers these days uh, it also involves smartphones gps and uh, quite a number a broad range of technology yeah. I don't think it includes your book reader. I think that falls back under the topic we've already covered, which would be communications, I think. We, we can circle back on that sometime coming up. But computers, um, what should people know about that? Do you have a well, statement on that? I don't know anything. Uh, well, computers. Here, here's my first um inkling is back when I was in the military, I was stationed at Camp Lejeune, and we had a, at least one guy, there might have been two in the unit that had a, an Apple IIe at that time was the latest and greatest thing from Apple. And he goes, here, look at this. And he, he clicked some buttons and it started talking. And it, whatever was on the screen, it read. You know, back then it was, even Apple was like, you know, DOS prompt looking screen. But it was reading everything that was on the screen. Like, wow, that's great. 
uh, that'd be great for a blind person. And of course, years later, whenever I began having eye problems, I knew that they had synthesized voices that would. And that was Stephen Hawking's. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what the voice sounded like back then. Was it that kind of a Stephen Hawking kind of sound of voice? They weren't real high uh, tech, smooth, and streamlined as they've become. But I knew they had those, and so when I had eye problems, I started searching for adaptive software. Sure enough, at that time, uh, JAWS and Window Eyes were probably the two kingpins top of the heap, and they had JAWS. They had things like ASAP, which um, is acronym for some kind of a screen reader. SAPI Five. Well, that's the the audio protocol to voices use but i knew it was able to be done but by then you had windows and things were graphics so i wasn't sure how really accessible things were but it didn't take me long getting in contact with rehab teachers and people i said my first experience was at kalamazoo michigan and they had a really good computer training class there uh, and I was you know, actually able to apply, yeah, this is how it works. Uh, you, you load the voice. I got a test drive. They had mostly JAWS and window eyes. They had uh, uh, zoom text for low vision use, it magnifies the screen. Um, and it, it really opened up the doors. Yeah, I can use this computer, and it's very easy to do, even with some of the graphics. There's some workarounds you can do to make that better. Um, but yeah, graphics and uh, what's that Java when they do the animation, flash animation, uh, that, that, that is not, <laughs> but if that's all you got is a lot of flash on your web page, eh, I don't really care. Uh, but, uh, but the point is years later, fast forward to, I don't know, some 20 or 30 years later, not 30 or 20 years, 15, 20 years later. And I ran into a guy, and he was a vet. He'd been there for you know twenty years. He was blind. And I said, "Hey, let, you have a computer? Let me show you how to use that." Well, I had one, but when I went blind, I gave it away because how am I supposed to be able to use it? I'm like, let me show you. <laughs> and I happened to have my laptop, so I flip it open, turn it on, and he's like, "Oh, that's pretty good." But you need to go up to uh, the Heinz BRC up there in Chicago. And he, he did go, and he, he got it in a computer. And he, well, he now uses it all the time. Uh, so, and, and to me, uh, that is a prosthetic that any blind person should be willing to learn how to use because it can open up a ton of doors as far as information and research and rating communication staying in touch with people like we're doing now <laughs> yeah. with the technology technology is great i started off with zoom text and then switched to jaws when i lost more vision yeah and, and zoom tech actually has merged with jaws the you know Hunter Joyce who used to be Freedom Scientific is what they're called now. Uh, they've actually merged with Zoom Tech. So whenever you, if you want to get Zoom Tech, I think you're actually getting Jaws as part of the package or something. 
Yeah. Jaws used to have magic as screen magnifier, but whenever they merged, it pretty much stopped doing that. And but, uh, so, yeah, if uh, you're having trouble with your eyesight, you can't see anything or low vision. Uh, I mean, there there are some accessible things built in these days. I mean, they've always had a magnifier in the windows. Uh, they've always had something of uh, speech synthesizing, but it always had a horrible. And it, it never read what you needed it to. <laughs> but anymore, uh, the iPhones have had voiceover for, I don't know, eight or ten years now. And um, right to keep up, Microsoft has really developed Narrator. So it's, it's pretty close on, on the you know, Windows 10 computers. Uh, you can go a long way with it. And it's like what what I let people know is like when you get Jaws, it's very expensive. The software yeah. is very expensive to to obtain, but it's it's worth it. Um, but when you whenever you uh, uh, put the product on every device manufactured, it becomes cheaper. You know, so it's like I yeah. Apple came up with the idea back before the iPhones, we had to pay a lot of money to get our phones to talk to us, for right. instance. And so, so like the, when, the old Nokia flip phones, which cost, I don't know how much money. You had to get mobile speaks and yeah, like yeah, that. It was mobile speaker. There was another one and it cost extra money that just about doubled the cost of your phone. <laughs> and and so then Apple come along you know, and said, hey, we're going to put this in, it's in every iPhone that's made and all you have to do is turn it on or off. So yeah. if they put it on every one of them, everybody out there in the world is actually paying for it. So that it's cheaper to put it out there. Right. You know, for, for and, the blind people. And so as well. if the typical person buys their, well, these days the iPhone costs like a thousand bucks to get your yeah. iPhone. But for that thousand bucks, you're getting all the software, all the technology. And Oh, by the way, you just go on your settings and you, you tap on the, uh, accessibility and turn on the voice and now a blind person can use it. Right. Because like when I was going to college, you know, I, I would go and I needed a talking scientific calculator. And so they, we called Texas instruments in Dallas, Texas. And the thing is, is those things are like thousands of dollars for them yeah. to make one because yeah. they don't have to make one. If they had to make 10,000 million of them, you know, it would cost a hundred bucks, you know? So that's, right. that's why it costs so much sometimes for the devices that we need being handicapped, whether it's blind or whatever the handicap might be. Or your, yeah. your, what would normally be a $20 calculator now costs $200 because of the module that they have to put into it to make it right. talk. Uh, yeah. And so the talking stuff is, the programming is really not that difficult. It's not a lot, but they charge you for the. Right. And the, whenever you look the at the price tag, you can see, hey, I can go down to uh, Walmart and pick up a laptop for, uh, say, $300. But, and you could probably use a narrator on it. It wouldn't cost anything. Like I said, it, 
it's it's not quite as full featured as what you really need sometimes to get into uh, accessibility. So by the time you add in a product like Jaws, you're dropping like eight hundred to a thousand bucks. So your three hundred dollar computer now costs you close to fifteen hundred dollars, <laughs> or you know thirteen fourteen hundred dollars. And for that amount of money, around one fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand, you can go get you a MacBook uh, that blows the Walmart computer out of water as far as its uh, workmanship in the machine, <laughs> the way it's made, and you get all the talking accessibility built in. Uh, you know, so there's yeah. some of that. And like you said, now they've, they've been working on that narrator with Windows 10 now. Yeah. That's pretty good. Cortana, I guess that's pretty good. I haven't used her in a while. Uh, Cortana, <laughs> I, I, I don't use Cortana a lot. Uh, I, not nearly as much as you would use Siri on your phone. But what I'm finding out lately is every time I hit the hotkey for Cortana, it, it wants me to log on. It used to be you can use it without logging into your, a Microsoft account. Uh, but but now every time I hit the hotkey, it says you must log in. I'm like, I don't want to log in, but I guess if I need to, I could. But I haven't yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, definitely a computer is very accessible with the screen reader. I mean, uh, of course, using something like Microsoft Word, it's just a word processor. Uh, of course, you would think that would be highly accessible, but even things like Excel for a spreadsheet, uh, you can get in there and keep track of your checkbook or other types of reports. It used to be a bear because it just did not talk to you at all, but they've, they've made them with a lot more feedback, audible feedback. And the voices have gone from being really robotic and sounding like talking tin can or something. Do you know everyone's heard the Alexa? <laughs> that sounds and, funny. The Jaws voice sounds funny. Now, I know a lot of people who still use it's called Eloquence, the, the, the original mm. robot Jaws voice. I know people who still use that because I guess they're just used to it. But I, I kind of like using it. the more natural sounding voices when I can. Right. The new, the, the ones that sound more humanistic, little androids. <laughs> Yeah, well, they they definitely still are. You can still pin them down for being synthetic, but they definitely sound a lot better. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a uh, computer thing. Like I said, we could talk more sometime about uh, the phone because I know you pretty much all the stuff you used to do on a computer, you pretty much do it on your phone because yeah. you can. And honestly, when I first got my iPhone, I didn't have cell phone service. I didn't want cell phone service. I used it on a Wi-Fi if I needed to go online. And I had a Bluetooth keyboard. It basically was a little miniature laptop that I carried in my pocket. I put in earbuds so I could hear it. And I could hold this inky-nanky keyboard on my lap. And people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm typing on my computer. What? Tap to my look, point in my pocket <laughs> right there. My computer is right there in my pocket, and I'm listening to it on the earbuds. It yeah, was amazing. You could go anywhere and do that. Right. That's what I tell everybody. An iPhone 
is a computer. This is a miniature computer that can make phone calls. It's a computer. Yeah. You can do anything on it. I, you can, I can print. You can print Wi-Fi from it. I can. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, there, you, you, you also need to have it. a printer app to help facilitate that. And I've had some luck with it once in a while, but sometimes I don't. Well, yeah, I, I get it's a hit and miss thing with me as well, but it does give you that capability if you're lucky enough, you know, to have it work all the time. But yeah, yeah, and, and of course, with technology, uh, your phone could do GPS and it's very usable for a blind person. I mean, it, it even without voiceover on it, it, the voice will tell you turn left here, turn right there. Uh, with a voiceover on it, gives you a little bit of extra layer of feedback and control of the app. I just wish that, like on the Maps program with the iPhone, that they would update it for to, to tell you street every street you cross, like the GPS on the. Yeah, but see, the thing is, their Map program is designed for people who can see, and they generally don't always need that. Uh, but there are apps like Blind Square you can add in, and that will. If you're approaching a street, they'll tell you approaching Adam Street, and it'll go bing when you cross it. But I, but apps like Blind Square they really suck your battery life down fast. <laughs> but if you get a standalone device like a GPS, uh, uh, what's it called, a Victor Reader Track, which is a combination book reader and a GPS. Now that one it, it tells it. it it tells you a lot more, you know, crossing the streets and gives you more control as a blind person over what's around you, you know, businesses and whatnot. So we, all we can really do right now is touch on those. If any of that sparked some questions for people, uh, drop us a line, tell us, we will love to talk to you and clarify some things. Uh, maybe we can focus only on one particular device or feature at a time. Yeah. they don't do a lot of we can't do a lot of gaming on it but there are games uh, sometimes that will have uh, like like surround audio you have to wear a headphone or earbuds and, and you can you can hear the zombies coming at you from behind or your left or something <laughs> they do make games like that but you're right not all of them do like was that one popular one years ago Angry Birds Fortnite Fortnite. You, you can't really do Angry Birds. Fortnite, I don't know nothing about. Road, roadblocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some of those you probably couldn't play. A lot of that, can't if you do shot, have yeah. the immersive 3D audio, it would be worth trying. You know, it's, yeah. it's a game. I got to do die in the game. <laughs> we, can <play> <laughs> we can play Hangman. We can play Hangman. We can play Hangman. We can play Shoot Ladders. You would think would work really well, but sometimes they don't. Because even though it's a word game, they, they put the letters on the screen in the graphic. And so all you get is graphic, 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 graphic. Like, oh, well, thanks. Battleship. You can play Battleship. And... But yeah, some of those are, uh, if they're coded right, they're, they're easy to do for the blind person to enjoy as well. Well, they so have those are, one are game games. Games for if the you're blind, blind you don't have to worry about giving up games. You just have to explore to find the right ones. Right. Games for the blind still out there. Who did yeah. that one? Jim Kitchen? Jim Kitchen, yeah. He passed away a couple of years back. But right. he has a, a web page. It's for, actually for Windows-based computers. 
uh, and it wouldn't work on your phone or, or Mac. <laughs> But uh, he's got a bunch of them out there. And I think amazing. it's 30, 30 something of it comes in. A, you download it as a packet, yeah. and it's got 30. And, and uh, yeah. the friend of his family is maintaining the website, so it's still out there. It's not going to go anywhere. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's plenty of things that you can do. A, a computer, uh, to me, is one of the, the best prosthetic devices a blind person can have that, to, with the, to equalize the playing field, as it were. Because uh, people are like, how do you use a computer? I just don't get it. Well, but learning how to use it can really make you uh, marketable if, if you want to get a job or go to school. Uh, you could do the same thing everybody else can at the same time. Uh, I used to have a job working tech support and I would be doing the same stuff the guy next to me in the cubicle was doing. You got you got a phone call. You got to check things in the server. You got to look up databases. You got to look up people's accounts, and you just type it away. <laughs> and you just you, keep right you, know, when you, you know, back in the day when I went to high school, but the dinosaurs, we had typing class. Yeah. And in typing class, when you were learning to type the teacher would yell at you for looking at your hands right. and typing. They wanted you to learn how to type and not look at the keys. Right. You, your fingers, your, your, you learned where the keys were. And it's the same then as it is now. The right. keys are laid out the same. And so therefore... You learn you how to be a type, good touch typist like back then in the day. You don't have to look. And so therefore, yeah. if you don't have to, you can be blind and still type, you know, oh. the keys are in the same place. You just have to yeah. find the people are like, road. how do you know where the keys are? Well, if you, if you learned how to be a touch if, typist, then you know where the, the keys thing are. That, that some of the sighted people don't know is that if they look at your standard keyboard, you have your F and your J keys got a little bump dot on it. And the oh. number five on the keypad has a bump dot on it. So and, and, and your home. you plant your fingers on the home row, which right. doesn't matter if you cite it or not. It's very helpful. Sometimes being blind, to me, the older I get, my fingers don't have a lot of nerve endings working right. <laughs> so I do tend to put other markings, other keys to serve as landmarks. But yeah. Touch typing goes a long way. You don't have to look at your fingers. You don't have to look at the screen. Being on Zoom really sucks your battery down too because my phone just said low battery <laughs> uh, yeah it, it might well let's uh, go ahead and, and wrap this up uh we do have a letter an audio letter from a listener letters from listeners did we say you want to tell a story like that yeah uh this is where we asked someone to send in a story of, you know, what's happening new or funny or whatever. Uh, you can judge for yourself if it's funny or not. <laughs> <laughs> but this runs just under three minutes. So let me see if I can play it through. Well, me and my friends, Ryder, Emmett, and Cambria, Emmett's sister, those are my friends. And we were playing on a old trailer in their backyard behind their barn, actually not barn, but garage, and, um, 
We were playing hide and seek tag, and everyone got found, but yet no one got tagged yet. And surprisingly, we were climbing around on the old rusty trailer, running, jumping up onto it, and unluckily, I managed to go to climb up on it, and there was a really sharp piece of metal, and I went to jump up onto it, and my leg got caught on the metal, and it got tore open, and then <laughs> my leg was bleeding really bad, and it was kind of dripping down my leg, Yeah. and then Emmett's dad came back around and started yelling at us for playing on it, and I was going to walk around the other way towards the chicken coop, and he said, that's not our yard, because I didn't want to walk by him with my cut. And then I said, since he made me turn around and go towards him, I said, Sean, I kind of cut my leg. And he's like, well, that's what you get from messing around on a trailer. And I'm like, you know what? They're right. So then <laughs> my friend Ryder's uncle, he called Ryder's grandma. And she and Chris, his uncle, said, Sheila, you need to get down here. And that's Ryder's grandma. And um, Sheila thought that someone died, so she was rushing down our street, going really fast, and she came there and bandaged my leg up, and then I was okay, so. And my mom, she came down the highway from her work in Wood River, <laughs> da, da, da. going down to my friend's house, zooming, and then she got caught zooming. traffic, so she had to zoom in reverse, went around <laughs> the car, and just zoom down because she was scared and yeah that's the story on how i cut my leg open so yeah yeah the mom <laughs> and frenzied panic <laughs> yeah had to panic had to get scared everybody <laughs> that was well, a good first is smart enough to know that he sh that he got what he deserved for playing on this stuff huh <laughs> yeah should have been worse. It's all your fault. No. But yeah, he, he might have been dumb for uh, cutting his leg, but he's smart enough to know he got what he deserved and made his mom freak out. <laughs> and that's from a little boy, probably, I don't know, nine years old or so. Sounded like by land. We won't say last name because he, he, he mentioned all his friends, so we'll say his name. Yeah, land. We'll just keep last names out of it. <laughs> He must be around Wood River somewhere. I don't know where Wood River is. Yeah, I wonder where that would be. I think there's one in Illinois. It must be Illinois. I don't know. It could be Kentucky. I, don't know. I think it has something to do with <laughs> it Lewis and like Clark the kid was, too, huh? It sounded like he was driving the car, though, to <laughs> tell him the story. Yeah, he was driving the car. He's only, what, nine? He's driving the car? <laughs> He's going to have another accident pretty soon, huh? <laughs> <laughs> driving the car about, down the road going to the hospital or something. Yeah. Well... Uh, so to give this uh, final uh, wrapping up here, uh, I have a closing thought. And it, actually, this final thought brings us full circle to our opening statements that we're making. Uh, it says, If you want to test your memory, try to recall what you were worrying about a year ago today. And that's the show, yeah. So, 
Yeah, we can't remember what We need to write stuff down so we can remember it. So there we go. Write it down so you don't forget. Think you worry now? Write it down. Well, <laughs> this is where we wrap this up, and we say uh, thanks for listening. This has been your host Keith and Terry. Happy Thanksgiving. And, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, just want to say that sounds funny. <laughs> that sounds funny. That sounds funny. T S F at that sounds funny dot com. Thank you.